0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network,
1: your team every day. The senior bulls is in the books. How did Jaron Hall, Blake Freeland, and Puka Nakua stack up? And also, some major shade thrown Keaton Slovis' way by virtue of his former head coach. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'll What is up everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, a resident BYU Insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show. We're always proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Where, of course, the motto is your team every day, and as such, we are your only Daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Title sponsor on today's show is our friends over at LinkedIn. With LinkedIn jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your 2023 goals. Post your job for free right now at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions apply. All right, thanks again for joining us here. And let's dive right in and talk some BYU football. More importantly, former Cougars on their way to the pro ranks. The Senior Bowl is in the books. They have their annual showcase game on Saturday afternoon. And uh, a little bit disappointing, honestly. Uh, I tuned into the game uh, hoping to see guys like Jaron Hall, Pukunakua, show what they were able to do, but Puka Nakua did not play in the game, and Jaron Hall also sat out, and that was disappointing. Blake Freeland uh, played at both right tackle and left tackle in this game, and I got to admit, I thought he did a fairly good job, all things considered. Uh, throwing him in different positions, uh, playing him in the right side, something he hadn't played since his freshman year at BYU, but also uh, giving him opportunities to run different offensive sets, that type of stuff. It's always good experience for him, but I had a couple of you reach out, Jordan among them, who said, Jake, do you know what happened with Jaron Hall and Pukunakua. And I'll be honest, right up front, I do not know. I talked to some of our folks at the uh, Senior Bowl who were from the Locked On Podcast Network and they were essentially mums the word on what exactly went down. But the bigger thing uh, during the Senior Bowl is yes, playing in the Senior Bowl game is fun for you as a fan to tune in and watch them play. And obviously that's a disappointment in that fact. But the bigger story at hand here is that all three of these guys got the opportunity to go down and play in front of uh, NFL talent evaluation head coaches, GMs, scouts, and the like. And the more important thing, the other thing that needs to be looked at and maybe is the most important part of the Senior Bowl – is the opportunity for guys like Jaron uh, Puka and Blake to sit down with NFL franchises and begin interview process. Uh, they will all three of them, in my opinion, be invited to the NFL Combine. I had a, a conversation with somebody who's far more in the know on terms of where guys are slated to go in the draft, and their comment to me was that all three guys at BYU did nothing to hurt their stock this week at the Senior Bowl. In fact, uh, their point was that uh, Puka Nakua was seemingly off a lot of draft boards going into the Senior Bowl, but he Rocketed up it with just one stellar day, obviously the first day of practices, all of the storylines where who's this Pukunakua kid from BYU, and he's just showing out and showing everything he's capable of doing. I don't know if it was a minor injury that cre- creeped up on him after that first day that caused him to sit out, but uh, everything I heard is that all three of them are firmly on NFL draft boards at this point, and that's a very positive sign if you're a BYU fan, uh, hoping to see all three of their names called in the NFL draft. Now, it's not a perfect science at the Senior Bowl. Uh, 87% roughly of guys invited to the Senior Bowl in the recent past have been taken in the next NFL draft, so there's pretty good odds all three of them get hear their name called uh, coming up in late uh, April, early May when the NFL draft takes place, but they still continue to have to do the work. They'll obviously be going to the NFL Combine, coming up in Indianapolis, and that'll be kind of the next road marker, I guess not road mark, landmark, I should say of where they need to go out and show their absolute best. They'll get right back to training, working on all the agility drills they'll be required to do, running 40s, uh, three-cone drills. Jaron will continue to work on throwing the, that NFL football, nfl size football he struggled with on the first day, and he acknowledged that he had some struggles on the first day of the Senior Bowl, but he seemed to recover very nicely. And like I said, I, I don't know what knocked him out of the actual game portion of the Senior Bowl, but it sounds like all things considered, the Senior Bowl venture for all three of them was about as well as went about as well as you possibly could have hoped for, and now obviously, like I said, the NFL combine is up next. Pro day is after that. Uh, BYU's pro day is going to be March 24th, based on what we were told uh, by BYU Sports Information last week. So that's always a big thing for the BYU Cougars is seeing how many of these guys get the chance to go into the NFL and impress. The nice part is, right now, the guys who are in the NFL to a man, every single one of them seems to be outperforming or performing at the level that you would expect them to, and that's that's a positive sign for the BYU. Football program under Kalani Satake. He's got a proven track record now as a head coach of putting guys into the National Football League and them succeeding at the highest levels. So obviously, NFL teams are gonna be more prone to take chances on BYU. And I, I I don't have to remind you guys how recently that was simply not the case. Bronco Mendenhall really, in many ways, kind of torpedoed some guys with their NFL chances by saying that we don't necessarily focus on getting to the NFL here at BYU. We aspire for bigger things. Okay, that's not your decision to make if you're Bronco Mendenhall. You want to let your guys make that decision for themselves if they want to pursue the pro ranks in football or go pro in something else like the NCAA always crows about. So, all in all, a good week at the Senior Bowl for all three of those former Cougars. The nice part is there's other guys who had opportunities at the NFL PA Bowl, Shrine Bowl, East-West Shrine Game, like uh, Hula Bowl for a guy like Chris Brooks. So, all of these former Cougars, they're showing what they're capable of doing. And like I said, the next thing up for some of these guys, the three that went to the senior bowl, most likely are NFL combine, uh, invitations. I'm going to start digging around and seeing if I can find out who exactly has received those combine invites. And obviously we'll be getting ready for pro day and looking forward to the NFL draft. So, uh, it's been a very, very fruitful week, I think, for, for those Cougars. Now, one other thing uh, for you guys on the BYU football front is that when it comes to the pro ranks, uh, the Super Bowl is coming up this week. Obviously, Andy Reid, the former BYU offensive lineman and graduate assistant, the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. He's got two former Cougars on his team. Uh, roster right now, as I should say, in Matt Bushman and Zane Anderson, both of them on the practice squads. Best of luck to them in in this game upcoming, and we'll see how it all shakes out. It should be a fun week in the lead-up to the Super Bowl and see if Andy Reid can collect his second Lombardi trophy as head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, coming up next, some major shade thrown the way of Keaton Slovis by virtue of his former head coach. I'm actually surprised this hasn't gotten out into more of the actual bigger realm of BYU fandom. We'll let you hear some comments from Pat Narduzzi that, man. They were, they were spicy. We'll get to those in just a moment. First, a word on our friends over at LinkedIn. Of course, LinkedIn's been with us for many, many months now, my friends, and as a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 will all depend on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals this year. The best part is LinkedIn Jobs help you find qualified candidates that attract them to your open jobs with targeting tools they go beyond the resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 875 million pre- member profiles to put your job post in front of the most qualified candidates. And the best part is it helps you identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them fast and for free. It's an all-in-one tool, my friends. You don't need to go to multiple websites. Trust LinkedIn Jobs to get the job done for you. That is why small businesses are rating LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs is helping you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free right now at linkedin.com slash locked on college that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply
0: it's Kubota orange day shop the years of best selection of Kubota tractors zero term mowers and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the usa and now through june 30 get zero percent apr for 84 months or up to thirty three hundred dollars off select compact tractors
1: Thank you once again for checking out Locked On Cougars and being a part of the podcast every single day. want to encourage you guys every day to check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. It's everything you need to know about college hoops in one place. Hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players alike. Locked On College Basketball is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so uh, I was sent this by Nick Farabaugh, who is the host of Locked On Pit covering the Panthers. Actually, he was recently on this podcast talking about what Keaton Slovis can offer to the BYU football program. Well. Well, Nick was fairly, I thought, uh, very uh, positive in his assessment of what Keaton Slovis can bring to BYU if he can harness more of what he showed from his time at USC versus what he showed during his time at Pitt. Well, per uh, Pitt head coach, Pat Narduzzi, well, apparently uh, they had a. Phil Dracovic uh, from Boston College, formerly of Notre Dame, to their roster to replace uh, Slovis in theory this upcoming season. And he was on Sirius XM uh, ACC radio. Uh, this goes back to, I think, last week. It might have been on, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday. Nick sent this to me and said, hey, you might find some use for this. So let's let you hear the comments, and we'll react to them afterwards. Dracovic coach when did you know that this was going to be the potential for your you know getting him to pit how did that process go down
0: he was a guy that you know went in the portal, and again, it's been it's been a while here. Um, I'm, I'm moving on, but you know, I think he was in the portal, obviously, and, and uh, obviously he's a, he's a Pittsburgh kid, and um, you know we recruited him when he went to Notre Dame. We, you know we recruited him, although he got in the you know in the transfer portal, or whatever it was called back then, two years ago. Um, you know, he got in that like mid-January, which was really late for us. We had started school already, and we would already taken a quarterback at the mid-year um, when that had happened. And we had Kenny Pickett, who was a pretty darn good quarterback, quarterback here. Um, so he made a great decision going up to Boston. Um, but, you know, we knew there was a chance we were going to lose our quarterback. You know, we knew there was a chance that maybe we wanted to lose our quarterback. And uh, we had some hard conversations and then we had an opportunity to, 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 to bring Phil in. And I think he's been a great addition. Um, we got Chris Ballou as well. I think he's going to be a great addition. Um, they're both here in spring ball and um, in winter conditioning right now getting ready to roll. And we're, we're excited about what that quarterback room looks like.
1: Once he's in your building and you're seeing him kind of day-to-day, what have you learned about Phil that was different that you may not have known before?
0: Well, again, you know, just you know, today's Wednesday, uh, February first. This is my third day really back in the office on a normal week because I've been on the road, um, you know, really since you know the beginning of January. So, um, so just getting back in with our kids, you know, I haven't had a chance to really watch him run much. I've uh, Never seen him throw a ball yet. Um, so, you know, as far as just evaluating where he is physically, obviously he's big, he's mature, and the things you hear out of the weight room from our strength coach is just like this guy's a leader. He's going from rack to rack down there. He just got here and he's going rack to rack motivating people down there like we we haven't had that since kenny pickett and that's the you know the the, the most impressive thing that you hear is just what is he doing now because uh, we're not on the field we're not you know running the offense um but you know it, it's those things that you know we have lacked you know for the last year and having that that guy that can bring everybody together uh that is is you know got that he's that emotional leader i think that's going to be the the thing that we gain here
1: all right coach well, that's Pat Narduzzi on SiriusXM ACC radio last week. And maybe we wanted to lose our quarterback? Okay. Petty much? Can't even mention Keaton Slovis by name. He can go back and talk about Kenny Pickett. He can talk about Phil Drakovic He can talk about Phil Drakovic going from rack to rack, motivating his guys. Whoo! All right. So, either A... Uh, Apparently, Keaton Slovis is not the leader that BYU believes he is when they brought him in via the transfer portal here. B, this is a coach in Pat Narduzzi, if you many of you will recall. Uh, last year, essentially, uh, put USC on blast for bringing in Jordan Addison via the transfer portal by giving him NIL money. Uh, C, he's trying to uh, essentially downgrade uh, his former quarterback to make his current quarterback look better. Uh, any of the above and a various a variety of other uh, things could be in play here with why Pat Narduzzi would make those type of comments. But <laughs> okay, well, I yeah, I. I don't necessarily know where to go with this, but uh, I of those comments, and I got to say this. uh, Pat Narduzzi is a guy who just comes off as a guy that just gets really hot under the collar when players uh, decide to leave his program. He's a guy that believes in program loyalty, wants guys that are going to stick with Pitt. I get all that, and I, I can respect that. It seems like that's the way he approaches things. But when he opens his mouth to talk about it, he says some pretty asinine things, and what he said right there screams to me a guy who who has been burned by the Jordan Addison situation. It doesn't feel like the offense performed the way he expected it to this past year, but he is the guy. Speaking of... Pat Narduzzi, who decided to dump a offensive coordinator who had put prolific offenses on the field, is a big reason why it's Mark Whipple was their offensive coordinator, who is the reason why that Kenny Pickett was an NFL draft pick, a first-round draft pick by the Pittsburgh Steelers, was a big reason why that guy got drafted. He decided, Pat Narduzzi did, that it wasn't good enough for him. It's not the kind of offense that he wanted to run. So he decides to have Mark Whipple, I think he... Was resigned his position, landed at Nebraska, and he brought in a new offensive coordinator who's going to be more of a run-heavy type offensive coordinator. And we had, like I said, Nick Farabaugh from Locked on Pitt and talked about that, how they kind of went to more of a rush offense. But Jeff Hansen from Cougar Sports Insider uh, tweeted this out. Uh, this actually came out uh, this evening, uh, Sunday night, as I'm recording this. It says, Reason to be confident that Keaton Slovis will play better in 2023, than in 2022, a threat. Keaton Slovis was under pressure on 112 of 336 dropbacks last year at Pitt. That's almost 33%. That's a third of the time he was under pressure. For comparison, as he says, Jaron Hall is pressured on just 88 of 413 dropbacks last year at BYU. He also adds this. Slovis' completion percentage was just 58.6% last year. His catchable percentage, however, was 84%. Now, for comparison's sake, Hall was compl- Hall completed sixty six of his passes, so a full eight points higher almost. While eighty four of his nine eighty four point nine percent of his passes were catchable, so their catchable pass number is about the same. Speaking of Slovis and Jaron Hall, but the completion percentage for Seek Keaton Slovis was down. So this is an interesting number, and you can go read the rest of Jeff's thing. You can follow him at Rakudu10, R 10 R-A-K-O-T-O 10 on Twitter to read more about this. He also mentions that during three years at USC, Slovis earned a positive EPA extra points added rating on 50.13% of his passes. Last year at Pitt, that dropped to 44.1% of his passes. And he says from twenty uh, nineteen to twenty twenty two, Jaron Hall and Zach Wilson had a positive EPA on fifty point oh eight passes combined. So his BYU offense is is much better than twenty twenty two Pitt, and that would indicate that you can expect that Keenan Slovis in theory should be better at BYU this year. And Pat Narduzzi, I just it, this is going to be. Stuff that people are going to use against him in recruiting. And there, may, there will still be kids that pick Pitt. I get all that. He mentioned that Phil Dracovic is a kid from the Pittsburgh area. They're bringing him home, in essence. But to not even name your former quarterback, that you, you were that like jaded or butthurt or whatever a, a adjective you want to use there about this guy who left your program, it – man – it's, it, it's spicy to have him say something like that. And it's obviously uh, locker room fodder. Uh, it's going to be bulletin board material. Too bad Pitt and BYU won't play because, man, that would be fun. But nonetheless, uh, the what I take away from this is I think that uh, a guy like Pat Narduzzi comes off as a little bit of a hater. And that's the thing about this. And that, that era of coaching where you essentially the coach is the end-all, be-all, that's no longer the way when it comes to coaching in the college ranks. You've got to be more of a player's coach, and that's what Kalani Sitake has prided himself on being. And I'll tell you, to a man, I almost guarantee almost every BYU player that's been through that program in the last seven years would tell you that Kalani cares first and foremost for the players, sometimes to a fault. There have been issues that have come as a result of Kalani being more uh, player-oriented than him being, I'm the grand poobah as a head coach here, and we're going to run things my way. Pat Arduzzi runs it more of like I'm the king here, and you will you are my subjects, and I will do as I do as I see fit. So, Pat Narduzzi, I don't know where you get off uh, saying that about a former quarterback of yours. Your offensive line. According to what Jeff tweeted out, and I I saw with my own eyes, I've actually watched some of the film from Keaton Slovis, the offensive line at Pitt just failed a guy like Keaton Slovis more often than not. The wide receiving core was not uh, as good as it had been. Obviously, losing a guy like the Blitnikoff Award winner in Jordan Addison obviously hurts you uh, when you're a quarterback like Keaton Slovis. But when you're throwing the same amount of uh, catchable passes – that a guy like Jaron Hall is, and Jaron Hall's on his way to the NFL, but your completion percentage is a full 8 percentage points lower? Well, there's other things at play, it feels like. And and by the way, that pressured number, you look at that, it was almost 100 more dropbacks for Jaron Hall, and he was pressured far, far less than a guy like Keaton Slovis. So there is hope that Keaton Slovis can have more of a a rebound slash up. I'm trying to say I, I, an upgraded, I don't know, a, a more positive season in a BYU uniform than what Keaton Slovis did for BYU, but, uh, than what Keaton Slovis did for Pitt, excuse me. But at the same time, maybe there is a kernel of truth in there. Maybe maybe Pitt did want to, quote-unquote, lose their quarterback. We had some hard discussions about this. Now, I, I the thing about this is that the more I think about this, It's just, it's Pat Narduzzi being just, he's a guy who, he said this, he's not the biggest fan of the transfer portal, and I think the more he gets burned, the more he's going to put his foot in his mouth on stuff like this, and... Maybe Pitt has a, re- has a great year with Phil Dracovic under center, but at the same time, if Keaton Slovis goes out and lights it up for BYU, those statements will only come off as more of just hater-type uh, statements from a former head coach of Keaton Slovis's. So, uh, man, that was uh, – when I heard that clip, like I said, Nick sent it to me. He's like, hey, this is, this is pretty good. You can probably use it. So I'm like, yeah, I'll absolutely be using that. And I'll make sure to uh, link it on Twitter, et cetera, where you guys can find it. And please, uh, you can uh, tag Pat Narduzzi all you want, but just crazy. Crazy stuff coming out of the mouth of a head coach of a former player of his who gave his heart and soul to that program. I mean, that's the thing about this. I know it was only one year for Keaton Solvis at Pitt, but he went there with good intentions. He went there with good intentions of being the next guy following Kenny Pickett to the NFL. Did it work out? No, it didn't. So that's why he's landed at BYU now and hoping that BYU can kind of reignite his chances of making to the NFL, but it's just it comes off as a really Really bad look for Pat Narduzzi, but I'm just a lowly podcaster in Salt Lake City, Utah, who uh, doesn't necessarily agree with Pat, Pat, what Pat, how. Excuse me now, with what with how Pat Narduzzi. Uh, operates when he opens his big mouth. Alright, coming up here in just a minute, we'll talk a little bit more about BYU basketball. A good weekend for the BYU Cougars uh, on the hardwoods. Uh, what can this mean for BYU as they move forward here in the stretch run of the season? We'll get into more of that in just a moment. First off, a word on our friends over at Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? I got the answer for you guys. It's our friends over at Built Bars. The best part about Built Bars: covered covering 100% real chocolate. They're chewy. The best part is they're easy to eat and 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 the best part is they taste delicious. They're the closest thing to a candy bar that I have ever had. And the best part is they come in unbelievable uh, flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, and on down the list. My all-time favorite is still the orange flavor, orange chocolate. Man, that's a great, great flavor. But I love the fact that right now, Built Bar has given you multiple ways to get Built Bars into your home. You can still go online to built.com and place your order there and wait for it to ship to your house. But if you need the Built Bars now, stop by your local Smith's or your local Sam's Club and pick them. Up right away. The best part is it Smiths, you can get four bar packs of different flavors. They're available now. You can just grab them right off the shelf. Check out on your way home. And you got those built bars right there. Or if you want more of a, a bigger pack, like a, a bulk pack, like I would go for Sam's Club. 13 bar packs available at your local Sam's Club now. Stop in, pick them up today. And once again, also if you don't mind waiting a little bit, you can still go to built.com and place your order there. While you're at built.com, you can still use the promo code On 15 That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-15 for 15% off your order. Uh, make sure if, you, if you're if you online at Built.com order a box of the Cougar Tell flavors because those directly impact and benefit the BYU football program and the BYU athletic department. So I'd encourage you guys to give those bad boys a shot. So once again, the local Smiths or Sam's Club got the options for you guys or Built.com get and enjoy the best tasting protein bars and do it with our friends at Built Bar. Also brought to you today by our friends over at Utah Community Credit Union. At UCCU love where you bank is a promise my friends made by a local not-for-profit financial Institution dedicated to helping families improve their financial lives. UCCU delivers on that promise with pioneering new technologies to make banking safer, easier, and more convenient. Best part is they're creating new products and services that add real value to their members. They can provide easy access to real local human beings who always give a personal help or assistance. I can attest to this. I have been a UCCU. when we're trying to aficionado, uh, I've been a customer of theirs my entire life, thirty plus years. So the best part is uh, there are many reasons to love banking with UCCU, and right now UCCU will share fourteen reasons to love where you bank. And here's the best part: they're giving away a, a stay at the Grand America Hotel, complete with a visit to the Grand Spa, until Valentine's Day. Both on Facebook and Instagram, see why you'll love banking with UCCU. When you see a post, love it, and you'll be automatically entered to win that Grand America. Excuse me, Grand America. Ex- Experience. Enter each day, visit UCCU's Facebook or Instagram pages now until Valentine's Day, and enter to win. That's UCCU. Love where you bank. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys being a part of the show. If you have comments, concerns, uh, advertising inquiries, you can reach out to the show anytime via social media Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. L- search out Locked On Cougars. Drop a comment in the YouTube uh, comments if you happen to be watching this on YouTube. You'll try right below the video here. If you've not done so already, subscribe, rate, review, uh, enable notifications, do all that big stuff uh, to help us build this audience right here on the internet. But at the same time, you also can email the show locked on at gmail.com is the email address of nothing more than to have you guys have your say on this podcast more so than we already do. We, I think we have a pretty good engagement with you, the fans, but, more engagements, always a good thing. But before we go on today's show, a couple of notes for you guys uh, before we go out the door. Let's start off with this. Uh, BYU will be holding a annual spring scrimmage opportunity for you to watch the b- current BYU Cougars in action and then also watch uh, former Cougars of yesteryear participate in their annual alumni game they started last year. That will be taking place. On March 31st, a Friday afternoon at 3 o'clock, there will be a public uh, spring scrimmage followed by the return of the alumni game at 5 p.m. Mountain Time on March 31st. Gates at Lavelle Edwards Stadium will open at 2 o'clock. Both events are free to the public, and they'll both be broadcast live on BYU TV. Should be a fun time. We encourage you to get that on your calendar if you, uh, you have plenty of time now to make arrangements for that. And It should be a fun Friday afternoon slash evening out there at LES is my sincere hope. That we get some good weather that day. Uh, I'm just hoping that it's just it's nice and sunny, nice, pleasant temperature, and we can go have some fun and watch former Cougars uh, do work out there at LES. Now, the other thing we need to talk about here is BYU men's basketball. Had a great weekend winning both games uh, in West Coast Conference play this past weekend. That 28-point blowout of LMU, very impressive on Thursday night. They followed that up with an 81-66 win over Pacific in the Marriott Center. And, by the way, Pacific made this a little scrappy early on for BYU, but the more important thing for BYU in this game was that their defense came to play. That's the nice part. They built as big as a 24-point lead uh, late in the second half. There was some lipstick put on the pig uh, by the Tigers late in this one. Fusini Traore got uh, double-doubles from Fusini. Uh, Fusini Traore had a double-double, I should say. Uh, Gideon George also had a double-double. Uh, tr- uh, Fus had 19 points and 12 rebounds. Uh, George had 12 points and 10 rebounds. And The nice part is 17 of those points for Foos came in the second half. That was the thing. is He really... Came Came alive in the back end of this game to really open it up for the Cougars. Now, the other thing I need to talk about here is that the last two games for BYU, they have a combined turnover number of 16. That is eight per game. This is a BYU men's basketball team that has had an average of 16 plus per game most of the season. When BYU cuts down on their turnovers, they are as good as anybody in the West Coast Conference. Now, the other thing they also need to rely on is having consistent shooting, and they have gotten that the past two games. It's had been pretty consistent offense and the ability to really get after it. Uh, There was some hope that maybe a guy like Trevin Nell could come in and help resurrect BYU's uh, three-point shooting, but Mark Pope essentially said that he is done for the year. At this point, he'll have two years of eligibility remaining and beyond this recovering from that shoulder surgery. So you're essentially rolling with what you got right now on this BYU roster. And is it good enough to win the West Coast Conference Tournament? I'm not convinced that it is. But if you get hot at the right time, crazier things have happened. That, that's the thing about this. You will go to Las Vegas as a BYU Cougar, speaking of the BYU men's basketball program, believing that the the tournament might be as open as it has been in many, many years. Because LMU proved that Gonzaga is mortal? BYU also proved that. BYU should have beaten them at home. They should have beaten St. Mary's at home. They should have at least two more West Coast Conference wins on their tally had they been able to finish a little bit better against the top two dogs in the West Coast Conference. Alas, now you're going to have a very, very difficult slate ahead. You head to uh, Gonzaga on Saturday night for your final visit to the kennel as members of the West Coast Conference. Can you finish the job then? We're going to find out. But BYU, the way they have played the last two games, gives me a little more hope that BYU might be rounding into form as the season is uh, coming to a pretty quick close here. It's the final month of the season. This is the quote-unquote fourth quarter of the college hoop season. You want to be playing your best basketball now, and obviously have that carry over into later this month and early next month in the West Coast Conference Tournament. Because if you can go to Las Vegas, whether you're the three seed, the four seed, you're going to be playing in that quarterfinal matchup with the hope of making it to the semifinals on Monday night to play either St. Mary's or Gonzaga who are going to lock up those double buys already in this, into the semis and you're going to have to win three games. You'll so obviously probably be playing that Saturday night, going into Monday night and then hoping to make it to Tuesday night and that West Coast Conference Tournament Final, but you've got to be playing your best basketball at that point and this should be a, a total uh, opportunity for BYU over the next two to three weeks in the final stanza of their West Coast Conference season to get themselves right. Keep the turnovers at a minimum. Like I said, uh, nine turnovers against Pacific, seven against LMU. That's the number I have been hoping, praying, and begging for from this BYU men's basketball team. They got back to playing better defense as well in the last two games. They, that was something that when they had that nine-game win streak earlier on this season, this was a team that was getting it done on the defensive side of the of the defensive side of the glass, not on the defensive side of the court and making it uh, very difficult for opposing teams to score on them. They need to do more of that. And as they continue to work on that side of the, of the hoop, turnovers are going to come, transition opportunities, uh, rebound the ball at a high level, uh, that, all of that. Will combine into making this BYU team much more formidable in the final stands of the regular season and also into the postseason if they can achieve that. I think the NIT is still the most likely destination for BYU in their postseason upcoming this year, barring them winning the West Coast Conference tournament and punching their ticket via an automatic berth into March Madness, but the 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 positive right now for BYU is these last two games have given me personally hope that BYU may be figuring some things out. Now I have said that before. Uh, I've I've been on this podcast and said that I, man they, they're giving me some hope. I think they've got a chance here. And then they go out and yak it up and make it look absolutely miserable. And you're like, okay, what just happened here? So. The hope is that BYU will continue to carry the momentum they took from these past two games against Pacific and also against LMU into their upcoming games. They still have to go to Gonzaga. They still have to go to St. Mary's. They've got the very, very tough closing slate of games here in West Coast Conference play, but this is when you're going to prove yourselves. If you can go pick up a couple of wins that people are completely not expecting for you, well, anything could happen once you get to March and obviously into the West Coast Conference tournament, but you've got to continue to do the things you've been doing uh, leading up to this. And that's that's going to be a big key for BYU men's basketball's chances. All right, that's going to do it for this Monday edition of the show. So a big thank you to all of you for your support of the podcast, as always. Hope you all are doing fantastic out there. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Now I want to encourage you guys to make your second listen our friends over at the Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Get caught up on the weekend that it was in BYU, and not BYU, Big 12 Sports, I apologize, by getting over and checking out the Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Josh Neighbors does a great job. It's available on YouTube. It's also available wherever you get your podcasts, all of those places, for free. All right, my friends have a great rest of your day. This has been the locked on Cougars podcast. See ya. Hey, prime members. You can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon music. Download the Amazon music app today.